Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dan Jers, I'm your host slash Crypt Keeper. Hello, my name is Daniel Cruz, and I play Imhotep the Mummy, our cleric, and now our warlock as well. Ooh. Last session, I started to read the Scrolls of Power, or as we now know them, pages of the Necronomicon, and have formed a pact with some entity <laughs> that is controlling parts of my bandages. I'm not saying we've decided on what the form that entity <laughs> really looks like, but... It has many faces. <laughs> it has many faces, and let's just say that most of them hate Mondays. <laughs> and loves lasagna. Hi, uh, my name's Jordan. I play Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock. And oh, golly, last time. All right, so we started off great. Uh, as Larry was leaving the museum, he ate shit on some stairs. Uh, <laughs> was helped up by Imhotep of all people, who then immediately uh, we agreed on a very shady deal that later that night led to Larry getting no sleep because he had to sit idly by as Imhotep summoned Eldritch Garfield next door. <laughs> and then I mistakenly tried to give Phantom a present which he straight up threw away in front of me, uh, threw me off my rhythm when I was trying to ask him about his past, which did not happen. Um, I did get some info out of him, but it was by merely dubious means. And then for a hard whiplash, Jack came out and comforted Larry and was really giving him like a solid heart to heart. He was trying to absorb it, but was just so caught up in the shock of everything. When we finally got to Mary, who had been patiently waiting for everybody to rest up to go after Victor Frankenstein, all the things that seemed like the right thing to say, like, oh, don't worry, Mary, you're a good person, like, we're here for you, would immediately make Larry a big ol' hypocrite, especially after the conversation with Jack. So all I got from that was that Jack helped. He helped. Oh, my gosh. For the shining star. He took my thunder. <laughs> He's being so nice. So long story short, Larry is spiraling. We're having a great time. Wahooey. Oh, and Shelly, do my card of the day before it's yes, lost. Yes, do your card of the day. Yes. I pulled the world and justice, but I think I'm going to do justice because it feels a little more chaotic and fun. Once per short rest, you can either grant inspiration to a creature who can see with a lawful alignment or force a creature with a chaotic alignment to roll with disadvantage on any attack roll ability check or saving throw. So we're doing that. I don't know if it's going to be useful, but it's certainly spicy if I can. Neat. I'm Grayson. I play Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, the party's rogue. Last session, Jack had a heart-to-heart -heart with Larry, but he also had a little bit of time to chat with Phantom. Found out that Phantom's got like a little bit of a prickly past. Jack's not exactly the type to push for more info. He's more of the type to just kind of like let the past stay in the past and kind of move forward. Oh, uh, Jack got to show everyone Parker Estates his safe house <laughs> yeah. so that was really cool dan was kind enough to let me kind of like vaguely build it out jack also ran into igneous and sandstone and passed along a message to them saying that he would be 
willing to work for Marlowe if Marlowe's looking for anyone to gather intel. And then also tipped his hand showing the gargoyles for the first time that he is indeed completely invisible. And now we're in this town. I, I want to say it was like Northampton. Yes. Yay. Uh, we're there and we saw someone that looks like someone that we thought we knew <laughs> and in classic red herring status. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not said person even though it was like you recognize them oh you've seen them before but oh no we didn't actually know them yeah twins who me dropping a red herring and a twist ending <laughs> never that hardly sounds completely in character <laughs> hello everyone i'm aaron and i play the phantom of the opera our bard. Last session, we left the museum. It was great. We went to Jack's surprisingly nice safe house. I had uh, written down, well, this is a little bit embarrassing to admit, a couple of shitty things to say about the safe house, but then it was nice. So I... I <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but yes, the, the Jack and Phantom friendship is burgeoning which is very exciting uh, although he and larry seem determined to fuck it up <laughs> by going prodding around in phantom's past uh, what I, I, do. I do feel there's some rocky roads on the horizon but we had our first team meeting like a cool war room sit down and that was fantastic oh yeah big fan <laughs> and now here we are looking for igor amongst igor 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 and igor and Fritz. <laughs> and, and Fritz. Fritz. Of course, and Fritz. Yeah, looking for a needle and a stack of needles. <laughs> Yay. Hello, I'm Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. And last session, after we escaped from the museum, I tried to loot some stuff, but couldn't because Imhotep said, hey, the curse is still here, so no looting. And then we went back, we went to uh, Jack's place. Uh, before we did that, we did talk to Ignis and Sandstone, and it was great to talk to those guys. And then they dropped the bombshell that my creator, Victor Frankenstein, was in Northampton. So I'm all, we need to go, and we need to go right the heck now. So here we are in Northampton. I see a guy who looks a lot like Igor, and then he's like, oh no, I'm his cousin. And then all these other <laughs> Igors popped out, and I am very confused, and I am not happy with this. Big happy family. <laughs> all right, and with that, let's go talk to Igor. Yay! And Igor. Oh and no. Igor, and Igor. And Igor. And Fritz. And Fritz. Fritz takes a couple steps away from you, Jack, after all of the Igors have revealed themselves and says, well, I will leave you to your troubles. I need to meet my wife, Igor, for dinner. Aww. She made corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> Best of luck on your journey. Fritz walks off vaguely in the direction of one of the houses that very clearly is not his, breaks in <laughs> through the window and jumps inside. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like his style. <laughs> so now you are left surrounded by an absurd amount of identical-looking, buggy-eyed hunchbacks. Jack's gonna go ahead and put his clothes back on. <laughs> <laughs> just dejectedly. Yeah, just... Well, that, that didn't go exactly the way that I was expecting. <laughs> Mary is just staring around and looking at all these Igors, just so confused. I'm like, this can't be real. 
Well, where do we want to start? Thaumaturgy's his voice. Show of hands, who here is named Igor? Every single one of them raises their hand. I thought that would be <laughs> the case. I just thought it would be funny to try. <laughs> now it's confirmed. All right, all right, all right. Which one of you probably built this one? And Phantom just points at Mary. They all kind of look to each other confusedly. About half of them very hesitantly lower their hands. All right, get out of here. Get out. Fuck off. <laughs> All right, so let me pick half of these Igors at random to just leave. <laughs> Go back to their cabbage. Uh, oh, yes. It is, the, it is the most bizarre game of guess who. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does your Igor have a hunch? That does not help anything. Does your Igor work on this man? Yes. Good. That eliminates half. Now we keep yeah, working. Cool. <laughs> How many of you have seen Victor within the last week or so? All right, so then <laughs> this is going so much quicker than I anticipated. <laughs> you just didn't think we would take the guess who method? Yeah. I mean, they're just so amenable. Yeah, they're so nice. I, I want it noted, mine was intended mostly as a joke. I didn't think it would actually lead to the guess who method. It worked. You know, it's it's effective. Um <laughs> So uh, your question was, how many of you have seen Victor within the last week, right? Yeah. Okay. Two more of them are going to lower their hands and walk away. Okay, okay, almost there. I say, which one knows where Victor is right now? They all lower their hands. Oh, you all suck. Who likes corned beef and cabbage? All of the Igors come back <laughs> out. No, 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 no. We lost them. <laughs> I'm trying to live vicariously. I haven't had to eat it in a long time. So they all jump out of their various nooks and crannies, and Fritz pokes his head out of the busted window with a mouthful of corned beef and cabbage and raises Yay. his hand, too. I also raise my hand. Larry, it's not the time. I have never <laughs> tried this corned beef and cabbage. I will have to add it to my list of things to try. Do you have a tongue? You know, I don't know if I want to know about that. Fritz, through a mouthful of corned beef and cabbage, says, I believe we have a spare over here. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love these guys so much. Can I can I narrate something really stupid that I think would be funny? Uh, please do. Imhotep's hand, the one that is his that is his new parasite friend, literally does the ubi hand thingy where it's just a mouth, like a sock puppet <laughs> hand. He just looks at him. Shakes its head <laughs> and it goes back to being a hand. <laughs> that is how the patron communicates with him. Awesome. It's <laughs> it controls his hand through the wrappings. And you hear one of the various Igors says, It is a humble meal, but it is within our means. <laughs> Times have been a little tight around here, and it is a delicacy that we can depend upon. Well, uh, <clears throat> uh, why are times hard right now? A different Igor. <laughs> It's going to be fun to specify. <laughs> yeah, this other one. <laughs> can, can can we get all different accents for all the Igors? <laughs> uh, no, they sound almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> Work has been a little bit difficult to come by, which, if any of you need anything disreputable done, oh. we are looking for employment. Oh, goodness. We're not exactly in the market to hire everyone yet another igor says oh you don't have to hire everyone just one of us will do i'm gonna hold up two gold and say if one of you can give me the most recent information about victor 
then that's what we need. And then another one gets really offended and walks away and says, what do you expect me to buy with two gold? A whip? (laughs) Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. (laughs) You said that work was hard to come by. You can take it or leave it. I didn't say that. He said that. (laughs) (laughs) They're not a hive mind. I am glad to see that. They each have beautiful, (laughs) unique personalities. I thought I was talking to the same one. (laughs) No, we've gone like through three different ones at this point. (laughs) We're on like Igor number seven by this point. Oh my goodness. Um, Imhotep is going to turn to one of the ones that's not the one we're talking to and he goes, how much do you charge? That depends on the work. Find Victor. No, I have no. Do not listen to him. This is between you and me. We're striking a deal. He is not involved in this. I just need a. How is the nice way to say this? Supporter, a follower, a <laughs> mechanically calling it a follower, a a, a companion, <laughs> a goon, <laughs> a goon, a lackey. I had two skeletons, but unfortunately, they are not with me anymore. Don't do it. His hand will eat you. My hand will not eat you. Well, for henchman work. Yes, that's what we're looking for, henchmen. I charge five gold by the day for henchman work. I only have enough for three days worth of your service. (laughs) Then I shall happily provide three days worth of henchmanry. We will put the pin into this. We will discuss it a little bit later. I'm still open. Still very open, but... I feel like three days of your service is not worth yours or my time, I'm afraid. We will see what we can do later. We are here for a reason. Fair enough. I appreciate your negotiations. Uh, What is your name, my friend? My name is Igor. Oh, shit. (laughs) It was a formality. You have to be kind to the hell before you have them build pyramids. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Pyramid in three days. (laughs) Phantom, um, of course, has uh, also cornered one of the Igors. <laughs> Good. Oh my god! Uh- <laughs> so this Igor is sticking up out of a well <laughs> and is in the process of just kind of scrubbing out the interior and looks over at you, Phantom, as you're approaching. So I've seen what the work looks like on the big man back there. How much is it for skin grafting? And can you do better now? Well... I suppose that depends on the difficulty of the graft. This is how difficult it'll be. And Phantom reveals under the mask. Hmm. Why, yes, that does look like quite the challenge. Hmm. I'll have to put a pin on that. I might need to <coughs> consult a few specialists. <laughs> That's a lot of pins. He pops a little bit further out of the well and then yells up, Igor! I might need some of your services. And then a different Igor walks over. (laughs) Can you take a look at that and give me, in your professional opinion, how much money it would take to fix up a faith like this? Hmm. Would you mind showing me what's underneath that mask again? (laughs) Very, very hesitantly. And with an eye back towards the party to make sure no one's coming. Oh dear, this is a very interesting case. See, this isn't just burn marks, this is burn and necrosis. Hmm. It would be one thing if you were unalive, but the fact that you are a living person with dead flesh and living but injured flesh. Oh my god, just give me the price, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I will need to consult another specialist. And another Igor walks over. <laughs> then back over with the rest of the team. Um, 
by this time, I would like to say that Jack has gone to this top area and he's looking for anything that has, uh, I don't know, like antenna or black smoke that uh, incorporates the fact that like it's not anything natural that's burning. Roll acrobatics first to get up to the rooftops. <laughs> okay, let's see how hard I eat it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's a nat one. Oh. <laughs> pretty hard then. How much yeah. you eat it? Oh. You eat the dirt, you eat the bedrock underneath <laughs> it, you just oh. get a fork and knife and just chow down. You eat the corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> I have a plus three to my acrobatics. I can't believe the first thing that I'm, I'm not using this dice. <laughs> so with a nat one, as you start to scale this house, the roof just collapses beneath you. You fall into a dining room with like four Igors gathered around the table, and one of them <laughs> says to the other three, I've been meaning to fix that support pillar. <laughs> you might have wanted to do that much sooner. Well, in my defense, I didn't expect you to be scaling our rooftops today. Did you expect me any other day? Well, I like to keep my options open. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. Okay, so which one of you knows where the lab is? Well, that is an interesting question. Oh, did I ask the right one? <laughs> and they kind of look back and forth to each other and say, none of us know for certain, but we do have some suspicions. Can you narrow down the suspicions, please? Roll persuasion. All right, come on, die. And then meanwhile... It's your gosh. Oh, thank you, Dan. Oh, thank you, Dan. Uh, for context, there's a swarm of Igor's surrounding Phantom at the moment. We have now started selling tickets. Yeah. There is seven Igor's now surrounding Phantom that are all taking turns examining his face. Well, I believe that we Would need the things me to be No more. No more Igors. No more <laughs> ridiculous specialists. I have had it. Phantom pulls the gun out. So here's what we're gonna do. You all are gonna tell me who built the fucking monster and where the fucking lab is. Uh, roll intimidation at disadvantage. <laughs> In the meantime, can I buy some cabbage off an Igor? Uh, sure. Well, at disadvantage. Hey, do you have any of that extra cabbage? Um, I, I can't really do the corned beef anymore, but I'll definitely take some cabbage off you. Or some gold, of course. Oh, well, we do happen to have some extra cabbage lying around. How uh, wonderful. I'll be willing to part with that for about two gold. All right, yeah. Or do you have any whips lying around? <laughs> Unfortunately, I I failed to pick up whips at the last location, but I do have two coin, and I'll give that to you for, for a ration of cabbage. Excellent. It was a pleasure doing business with you. It was, it was so nice. You all are just so nice here. Invisible Man, what was your persuasion? 18 on mine. They say, well, we do believe that it is hidden somewhere within this town. We were all drawn here by the strange weather phenomena that was going on in the area, and while the town was long since abandoned by the time we got here, there does still seem to be some flickering lights in some key buildings around the place, and all of us are avid bell-ringers, you might say, and not a single one of us has been ringing that church bell, which does go off at very odd times. I mean, above table, I was 100% going to go to the church, but that's just exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
And then Phantom, with your 12, the Igor see you pull out the gun and then look to each other and say, you know who would appreciate a gun like that? Igor! (laughs) (laughs) And they call over like three more Igors that come out of the woodwork that start examining the craftsmanship of the gun. At least for Jack, he's going to say thank you. I'd like to snag a bowl of corned beef hash and I'll leave two gold on the counter and then I'll just walk downstairs with a limp. Oh, well, thank you. That will just about cover expenses. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you. Um, And fix that roof, please. (laughs) Well, it's a lot more urgent now that it already is broken. Yeah, you're welcome. Lit a fire in your ass, didn't I? Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh my. Uh, Can we leave this town? I feel like Jack and I are going to show up with the same energy. <laughs> uh, Jack's just actually got like a bowl of corned beef hash and he's just like kind of snacking away on it. Yeah, surprisingly, Larry and Jack are showing up with the same energy because he's snacking <laughs> on some cabbage. Oh my um, God. So how did your meeting with the Igors go? Oh, it fucking sucked, but their corned beef hash isn't that bad. It's really good, actually. Um, I think if they, like, turned things around and started selling this, I think they could, like, uh, turn a profit. Well, maybe we could let them know about that after we leave. But uh, of course. Um, I found out that we might want to look into that church that's in the far back of the town. Oh, Are right. there Igors in it? I could only assume... But I don't really want to go then, to be honest. <laughs> then you are welcome to wait in the carriage. No. <laughs> I... Good, because if you waited in the carriage, I was going to have the Igors move the carriage for you while you were in it. Oh, by the way, Phantom. Yes. I don't know for sure, but you might want to hold on to your whip a little bit tighter. <laughs> <laughs> they, they seem to have a bit of a kink. Oh, I don't like Mary, that. Mary, can we go quickly? No. Mary, please, can we hurry up? Can we please I mean, get that to wasn't what I was intending, but roll perception. <laughs> oh, no, my God. No, Dan, don't make it roll perception. Just don't go with it. No, you can just say no, Dan. You're the GM. You can just say no. You don't I... have to yes and everything. Eight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Your whip's probably still there. Oh, oh my God. So we're going to the church, right? We're going. Yeah, yeah we're I think so. Yeah, yeah, we're going to church. We'll head on over. Pass by this huge crowd of Igors just chilling. Uh, no. I am going the other way around. To <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the long way. I'm, I'm going the long way as well. <laughs> I got lost in the crowd. <laughs> Larry, I cannot find you. Why are you walking with a hunch all of a sudden? Stop I don't that. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and the Igors, as you walk through the crowd, see you eating some of the corned beef and hash and say, oh, I hope you're enjoying our local specialty. The secret is a copious amount of mustard feed. Oh, that is the spice. That is lovely. Oh, you guys are so talented. Larry, do not encourage them. Mm, what? What's wrong? They're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they're quite nice. But uh, anyways, let's let's head into the church here. Uh, a, a nearby Igor overhears you say they're horrible and gets a little bit of a grin before sinking back into the shadows. Oh no! <laughs> We're not with him! <laughs> I look over to Phantom's like, well, you're not wrong. I didn't know him very well, but the Igor that was there when I woke up, well, didn't really give off the best vibes, if you know what I'm saying. 
Mary, I am so sorry. <laughs> I only saw him the once. I never really talked to him after I went after my father. I would recommend none of us fall asleep anywhere near them. That's probably wise. So, you make your way into the church. So you walk in, and it is a very tall chapel building. It's not very wide and not very deep, but the ceiling goes up about 50 feet or so. As you are kind of looking around and making your way through, it looks like nobody's been in here for a long time, and yet some of the candles are lit. Is there an organ? (laughs) (laughs) There is no organ in this chapel. shucks. Phantom is relieved. Zero out of ten. And you hear muffled in the distance <laughs> in Igor say, There are a few organs right over here. <laughs> Phantom shudders. <laughs> Not those organs. Musical ones. Well? <laughs> well, it depends how creative you get. <laughs> oh, but the ambiance in this church is lovely. So everyone go ahead and roll perception. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> 21 this time. Goodness. 19. Unnatural 20. Oh, fitting. I got an 18 on mine. All right. So um, looks like everybody. Oh, except uh, Wolfman. What was yours? 12. So, Larry, this is a surprisingly nice chapel. Oh, (laughs) it's so nice. I'm having some delicious cabbage. This is just this has been a good day so far. Much better day. Everybody else, as you're looking around through this chapel, you can see that most of the recent foot traffic and the wear is up by the altar. The pews haven't really been touched in quite some time and they're covered in dust. And most of where the candles are concentrated are up centered around the altar. Invisible Man, with your 23... Uh, No, no, no. The 23 was persuasion. The 18 was for perception. Gotcha. I have a 21, though. Uh, Phantom, with your 21... (laughs) (laughs) There we go. You notice there doesn't seem to be any stairs anywhere or any sort of ladders or ways to get up. And yet, the ceiling goes very high and you can see, kind of unprotected, the church bell that is just up above the altar exposed. Bells, bells, bells. Very interesting. I'll cast Sea Invisibility. Uh, Sea Invisibility lets you see into the ethereal plane and any invisible objects or people, correct? Yeah, if it's invisible, I see it normally. If it's ghostly, I see it, but I see it ghostly. And how long does it last? One hour. Ooh. All right. Okay, I know how to approach this. So as you cast Sea Invisibility, nothing changes in your immediate area other than you can now see the skin of Jack kind of poking through his bandages. But looking around through the chapel area, you still can't see anything ghostly, invisible, or spectral in this immediate area. You do see a little bit of ethereal energy kind of leaking through the wall on the backside of the altar. Mm-hmm. Kind of where the seams of the wall are, you can see a little bit of mist floating through. Ooh. Uh, Mary? Yeah? Do you remember the first day we met, one of the first things you and I ever collaborated on? Uh... 
You don't. That's fine. It was smashing a wall, Mary, and I'm going to need you to go do it again. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, I can remember. Wow. Yeah, I can do that. I look over to Phantom. I was like, all right, which wall? So that very back one is leaking ghosts, <laughs> which is a horrifying, horrifying concept, and we should not focus on it. Uh, okay. Did you just say leaking ghosts? I wish I couldn't see it also. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to walk over to Emotep and ask if I could get that broom. Um, I reach into the bag. Roll a nat 20. Uh, D20. Roll a nat 20, please. (laughs) 15. 15? Yeah, you pull the broom out of the bag. I reach in up to my shoulder, pull out the broom, hand it to him, and I kind of, as I do that, I kind of like, huh. I kind of stick my head into the bag just to see what's in there. I don't need to breathe, so I'm fine. Uh, as you look around, you see Vordenberg's lantern just kind of floating around in the void of the bag. And he says to you, I ate all of the bread that was in here. Son of a bitch! If you get a hold of some more, it would be nice. It's kind of cold in here. There's not much to do. You still need to eat? I dumped the rest of the corned beef hash uh, uh, broth in there. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, This will probably, over the course of the next week or so, this will keep me going. I I reach into the... I pull my head out and I reach into the bag and pull out the lantern. (laughs) Roll a d20. I was looking right at him. I need to? Yeah. 17. Yeah. Nothing happens. Okay, I pulled out Vordenberg. Oh my god. Larry's gonna walk over because he doesn't know what the heck's happening with the bag. He's never seen it in action before. Vordenberg says, I haven't overheard much while I've been in there, but it sounds like you've been going through some really, really heavy emotional business the last few days. So it just kind of felt. Is that Vordenberg? Oh yeah, we forgot to tell you about that. When did this happen? You guys stuck him in a lamp? No, I okay. So no, remember, arc. remember the lantern that uh, uh, that one witchy lady wanted me to steal. Uh, no, I was okay. feeling very sick. Long story short, Mother Carrionite took his soul. The thing that we've been fighting is only part of Vordenberg. This is the rest of Vordenberg. Say hello, Larry. Uh, hello, Vordenberg. What do you mean, like a part of him? Is that the what the that which was doing? It's a long, complicated story. The, the basic gist of it: you don't have to worry about me trying to kill you. He is a good guy. We sure won't. Phantom's gonna press to digitate at the sounds of the organ playing from the chapel, just like in Vordenberg's ears. It should just be upsetting. <laughs> oh. I... Ah, that was really uncalled for. <laughs> kind of clip Vordenberg's lantern to, like, my waist. Cute. He's an accessory. He's a Tamagotchi. He's my Tamagotchi. <laughs> I mean, uh, what is it? Now I feel like Emotep and Jack are almost matching because he's had his Sea Invisibility lantern clipped to clip to his, like, basically, the, he has nowhere else to put it. God, I gotta get me one of those. They look so cool. <laughs> I, I want to note, I clip Vordenberg to my waist, and then I put the bag of holding, just happenly it in front of his face. All he sees is the bag of holding. Oh. That oh, is not on purpose. Oh, this is... W- would you mind moving that away from me? As... Oh, sorry, sorry. The ship's at the other side. My mistake, my bad. It's fine. Just in, It's just... Your suit. It can be a little bit difficult to stare into that void for long periods of time. <laughs> I yell back, do the void blink back? Vordenberg hesitates a second, feels your bandages shuffling around 
and your runes reconfiguring? <laughs> Not to me, they haven't. To you. The hand snaps down and looks at him and shakes its head like aggressively at him. Not to you. What the hell does oh that mean? Oh my god. What happened here? Uh, so what is going on over here? And he just kind of walks on over without answering. Ghost goop out the door. What do I see when I look at Imhotep now? Oh, that's an interesting question. Okay, so with C invisibility on, oh, let shit. me think through this. You see a dark ethereal energy emanating from the runes on his bones and on his bandages. And while you don't see any specific physical change... Just the nature of how the bandages are flowing and how the runes are interacting sits differently with you. Sus. <laughs> hmm. Jack's going to go ahead and start saddling up on the broom, and I would like to try and fly up to the bell. Roll animal handling. Yeah, because that's going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> and do it with advantage. Because hey. that was a one. Oh! <laughs> Grayson, do you need my dice jail? I might. Uh, I got a seven. With a seven, the broom very slowly starts to kind of lean upwards, lifts you about ten feet off the ground, and then just kind of is stuck hovering there. I'm going to keep trying to tug it. Like, come on, you son of a bitch. Like, you can work. Go higher. How high off the ground is he? He is ten feet off the ground. Ah, can't reach that, damn it. <laughs> I was going to give you a little push if I could reach. Imhotep can reach with the bandages. Imhotep can reach. So, uh, Imhotep is going to see you just kind of floating there in the air. What are you doing? I wanted to check out the bell. When I talked to the Igors, they were saying that they're bell ringers. Wanted to see if there was anything special or if this, I don't know, unlocks something. Imhotep extends his bandaged up hand as if he's wanting to use those to um, push you, but he kind of stops himself, puts his hand back down and uses the other bandages to kind of gently nudge you a little bit. I mean, do I get any higher now? Yes. As Imhotep nudges you, as his bandages make contact with it, you can feel the broom shudder (laughs) and jet up another 40 feet. Oh, wow. Oh, shoot. (laughs) All right. Well, I like that. I would like to look at the bell to see if, like, there's anything special about it. Roll investigation. Ah, something I feel slightly better at. But last time we saw how that went. (laughs) Son of a bitch. That's an eight. With an eight, nothing seems out of the ordinary about this bell. You look around and you don't see any way of an ordinary person coming in here to pull that rope to ring that bell. But you remember the Igors telling you that they would hear the bell going off at odd times. I'm going to go ahead and tug on the rope. Make a constitution saving ah, throw. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Mary. Uh, Mary, what is going on with you at this time? How you doing? I'm about to break the wall in or try to check to see if there's a secret door over by the altar. Roll investigation then. Okay, so for my con save, you said? Yes. Uh, that is a 12. For my investigation, that's a 15 plus one, so 16 total. Okay. With a 12, Grayson, roll a d6 thunder damage. What? Oh, because sound. Uh, thunder damage is sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, not getting zapped. Lightning is electricity. Thunder is sound. Oh, cool. My dice were kind to me. I rolled a one. Yay. 
Okay, so you take one thunder damage. <laughs> then what was your investigation, Mary? Uh, 16 total. With a 16, as you're looking at the wall, you can kind of see some scratch marks on the floor that kind of line up with the seams in the wall. And you feel a slight breeze coming through the cracks. And then as you hear the bell going off above you as Jack is pulling the rope and ringing it, the wall clicks and begins very slowly to swivel and follow the path of those scrape marks. So I did something. Yay! Ooh, secret door. Wanted you to smash it. (laughs) All right, well, I rush in. You feel a blast of cold air. Phantom, you see mist pouring through out of there, followed by what everyone else sees, an ethereal fog. Mm. Uh, Jack's going to start hovering a little bit lower, but not touch down. Um, Can I do an arcana check on this fog to see if there's anything particularly magical about it? (laughs) Can I vibe check as well? arcana. Everybody roll arcana. Will do. (laughs) Phantom with advantage. God damn it. I'm going to burn one of my inspirations that I had left over from another session, because I got a two. Uh, I there's got a no two need. as well. Oh, good. No need for all that. I have a nat 20. Thank you. Oh, my God. Good. Because remember how I burned my inspiration because I had a two? I got a one. Oh, my God. I got Whoa. a two as well. So remember how we all had a really good perception check? It just, There it is. There's the balance. Aaron took legit all our luck today. <laughs> I think everyone else rolled a two. <laughs> You sense emanating from the ghostly mist. A lot of murder has taken place here. And the ethereal fog, it's Rainer fog. Oh, no. Every time we see fog, it's always Rainer. I don't like that he's pouring onto us right now. So I have 40 feet of dark vision. Do I see into the corridor? Do I see anything or no? You see some stairs that descend down into a stone cavern. Oh, joy. I look to the group and go, it's another crypt. Yay. Here we go. And I start walking down into the crypt. All right. Uh, Jack. I will say not a crypt this time, but. Oh, not a crypt this time. But good instinct there. (laughs) Um, Jack will now touch down and uh, I don't know how, but just hold on to the broom. Jack, first give me that, Jack. Jesus Christ, I need this. Uh, Or you don't need it. Uh, I'm going to look away. And when I do get naked, Rainer's in there. All right. Uh, I will go undetectable. Oh, God. I said when I looked away. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Wait. Oh, that's right. You can see me. God, this is so weird. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You think? Holding my hat in front of my, you know what? <laughs> Just go. Just go. <laughs> Jack will start going down the hallway, and if everyone will let me through, like I'll start looking for traps or whatever I need to. Or if I don't need Dungeon to. Dungeon crawl time. Here we go. Hey. go. And as you start to make your way down this hallway, the stony walls kind of open up a little bit and you see hidden back in the recesses beneath this church, a secret laboratory. It is mostly obscured by fog, but you are able to kind of see through it some sparks going off to the side. 
and you can hear the sounds of surgical equipment being used, and you hear the voice of an Igor mm-hmm. ringing out, and you can faintly see the shadowy silhouette up against the fog. Uh-huh. The process is nearly complete. It is simply missing a heart. And you see another shadowy silhouette approaching and hear the familiar shaky voice of Rainer. Ah, damn it. (laughs) Excellent. I'm happy to hear the way you've been progressing. Would you happen to know where I can find and procure a good operating heart for this creation? Why, as a matter of fact, I do. I happen to run cross country in my time, though I know it takes one to know one, though I know plenty of people we can source from, and I know exactly what constitutes a good functioning heart. Why go through all the extra trouble? And you can see the silhouette of Rainer plunge his claws into Igor's heart. Oh, 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 oh. oh shit. And he tears the heart out of Igor's chest. And the shadowy silhouette of Igor drops to the ground. Phantom smiles. Uh, so me! <laughs> oh my god! This one didn't do anything to you! No, he's fine. And the silhouette of Rainer starts to recede a little bit. No. Um. 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 Mary, fastball time? Fastball time. All right, I'm going to jump in his hand, and I've got <laughs> a dagger, and I've got my short sword ready to go. All right. Roll acrobatics, roll athletics. Oh, God. Acrobatics, Jack. Athletics, Mary. Hell yeah. Fastball time. Oh, that's actually really good. Okay. I am burning Uh, my inspiration. That was a two. Oh, please. I got a 19 for acrobatics. So with a 19 on your acrobatics, aim-wise, you're going to be dead on. Sweet. So my burned inspiration roll was a 16 plus six unnatural 22. Oh, yeah. Thank God. All right, so you are able to be tossed exactly where he's going with plenty of force behind it. So, Jack, as you are flying through this fog, it begins to part around you, and as you are fast approaching Rainer, you see two yellow eyes behind him light up and inches away from him, you freeze in the air in place. Rainer turns around, waves his hands to part the fog, and you all see... Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, it's our friend's brain. Oh, my God. Having grown bigger than the last time you had seen it, barely contained in a much larger jar, (laughs) you see the glowing eyes of the disembodied brain fixated on Jack, who is floating right in front of Rainer. And as the fog dissipates, you see where the sparks were coming from. There is a tank that is containing several electric eels that are giving off little jolts. You can see a row of desks with runic inscriptions on the floor below them and tools and odds and ends kind of poking out of them. In the dead center of the room on an elevated platform, you see on an operating table, a body that is very oversized that is splayed out and mostly sewn back together with Igor's heart sitting now in its chest and the dead body of Igor sprawled out in front of it. Um, I'm... And Rainer, what were you going to say, Jack? Uh, 
I'm grasping at straws right now, but Victor, drop me right now. Rainer cocks his head, smiles his unnaturally wide smile that stretches past the edges of his face, <laughs> and chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> It's cute that you think you have this figured out. This is not Victor. I'd like you to meet Gore. And he gestures over to the brain in the jar, who lights up a little bit more intensely. Rainer sticks a talon right up to your forehead, uh-huh. gives you a tiny scratch, and then Gore chucks you across the room, uh-huh. and you go flying right back back at Mary. Mary, make a dexterity saving throw. Danger sense, thank God. Editor Dan here. The other players, aside from Grayson, are not aware of this, but when Rainer scratched Jack on the forehead, he was casting the message spell, so I privately sent Grayson a message for his eyes only. It reads, I have a deal to offer you. You have one opportunity, and only one opportunity to meet with me privately. I have ways of knowing if you can keep this message secret. And if you let on to my invitation, even in the slightest, I will immediately rescind it, and you will never hear what it is I have to say. You know where to meet. After all, you already invited me in. Come alone. And we will speak. Hey, so if, if he's the brain, does that make you Pinky Rainer? <laughs> 15. You are knocked back 15 feet, but you are able to catch Jack and stop the two of you from taking any damage. Oh, thank goodness. Good catch, buddy. Anytime. <laughs> Caught him like a sweet baby. <laughs> I look over at Rainer and I just bellow, where is he? He is where we put the uncooperative ones. And if you know what's good for you, you will get him to cooperate yourself. If you know what's good for you, you let him go. Give me the journal back, and I will make sure your death is as painless as I can make it to be. That is an interesting proposition, but I have a rebuttal. And... Gore does a psychic blast. Oh. Everyone, make an intelligent saving throw. Gosh. If you fail, you're unconscious. If you succeed, you're paralyzed. <laughs> I rolled a nat one. Good. Oh, no. No. God damn it. I got a six. Uh, I got a seven plus one, eight. I got a 22. Jesus. Oh, 14. Must be nice. <laughs> I'm smart boy. Yes, my boy. I'm I nuts. almost want to burn my last inspiration point just to see what happens. Yeah, why not? We'll do it. 16. Imhotep and Invisible Man, the two of you are conscious but paralyzed. Everyone else is unconscious. No! Man, this is kind of familiar. I'm I'm scared to ask if getting a nat one does anything spicy. You're extra unconscious. I just die. (laughs) (laughs) I get an aneurysm and die. There we go. RIP. Game over. <laughs> RIP and our IRP. <laughs> I'm funny. I don't know what the I stands for, but. <laughs> what I will say with a nat one, you are unconscious, mm-hmm. 
while you are unconscious, you are co-inhabiting the void with the wolf. No! <laughs> row Raggy, okay. Uh, we can go over later if there's anything that Larry and the wolf would like to sure, say to each other. yeah. We'll do that, all right. Knock it out, I, become buddies. <laughs> I got some thinking to do. <laughs> Joy to that one. <laughs> but for now, as everyone is unconscious except for Imhotep and the Invisible Man, Rainer begins to make his way down the stairs towards you, takes a look at Imhotep, very quickly and immediately, the light in Vordenberg's lantern snuffs <gasps> itself out. Mm -hmm. And let me see if he notices. Oh. Sweet boy. Nat one, he oh, does not. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. God. Yes. <laughs> Get just keep off sweet oh, boy. Good. Ghosts flicker around here all the time. Yeah. Because what he is transfixed by instead is he takes a look at the way your runes are erratically rearranging themselves on you in order to keep you conscious and stable. And he says, oh, interesting. So the abyss has blinked back at you too. <laughs> you now understand the true nature of these. I suppose you won't be needing them anymore. Uh, and he takes from you God damn it. The pages of the Necronomicon. Oh, mother. Dan, hear me out. We just got those. I'm hearing you out. I am paralyzed. Yes. Can my patron take control of my sacred wrappings and try to do a quick melee attack? Roll just a straight d20. 17. 17? Yes, they can. I want to say that the bandage is on his hand on wrap, and that's what strikes out. I will say yes. So as he pulls the pages off of you, the bandages reach out, snatch around his hand, and hold it in place. His grin widens. He chuckles to himself a little bit again and says... Oh, this makes things so much more interesting. But you're not the only one with the powers of the abyss at their I don't beck like and call. Where this is going. And he's going to do an Eldritch Blast. I don't like this. Damn it. I don't like this. Everyone keeps being a warlock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's going to fire one Eldritch Blast mm -hmm. at your bandages. Mm. That's only two damage. Okay. Is that two damage to me? That is two damage to you. And I will say because of that, they don't let go. So he will fire a second Eldritch Blast. Two more damage. Okay. Don't let go. A third Eldritch oh Blast. Oh my god, Rainer. Jesus. A five. The bandages do let go. He pockets the pages. <laughs> and then at the ceiling, fires off a fourth. Eldritch Blast. Shit. What does that mean? I don't know what uh, warlocks can do. <laughs> the spell creates more than one beam when you reach higher levels. Two beams at fifth level, three beams at eleventh, four beams at seventeenth level. Oh my god. Oh, he's the Shubaishi. Oh <laughs> shit, he's strong as fuck. And he looks over at Jack <gasps> after having taken that from you. R.I.P. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and says, I hope you all will make yourselves comfortable where the uncooperative ones go. And he dissipates into ethereal smoke and blows out of the room with the puff of mist with the ghostly specters. <sighs> and the two of you see the jar that the brain is in 
levitate up and float towards you. <laughs> oh, crap. Can we move or no? No, we're still paralyzed. Mm. Okay. You both feel a tickle <laughs> at the base of your skull. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> 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 uh, inspiration, Jason. <laughs> and you feel a sudden, sharp headache. <sighs> as disembodied sounds ring out through both of your heads, and you hear very faintly and kind of jittering into focus in a language that you can interpret and understand, you can hear the brain reaching out to you, saying, Proceed as normal. There will come a time when this will make more sense. At the moment, simply go along with it. I have a proposition for you. And you feel your eyes forcing themselves shut as you are, like puppets on a string, dragged down the hall in a way that you can't see or interpret or feel. Are we going up the stairs? Oh. Oh! When your eyes <gasps> do open up, everyone else returns from consciousness, and you find yourselves in a prison cell. It is a very small, shabby cell with not a lot of room to move around. There is enough room for the five of you and for the sixth occupant, who is off to the side, chained up against the bed. There are equations on the wall behind him that are scratched into the stone with extreme force and brutality. And you see, looking upon the figure that is disheveled and staring down at you from the bed, a thin man in a lab coat that is scorched by frost. <laughs> he is missing an arm with little bits of frozen over necrosis. And in its place, a makeshift mechanical arm that glows out supernaturally is scratching into the wall the last bits of an equation. He makes some small adjustments to it. It changes color as it lights up. He passes his arm down to all of you, illuminating his face and illuminating all of you. And Mary, you recognize this as Victor Frankenstein. And he says to you, Ah, uh, Mary, my greatest achievement and greatest failure. The last we spoke, you asked me why I created you and I gave you no answer. And I don't think there is one. You are merely a product of my ego, ambition, and ignorance. Giving yourself a name and pretending it a purpose will never change what you are. What a jerk. We are the outcasts, the misfits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste for the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid. We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it. Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright. So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call. The world is falling apart. We'll never take it to heart. So monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all
Let's all have a ball. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of D&D Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. D&D Dark's cast this episode is Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein Monster, Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy, and Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera. This episode also featured Josh Anderson Saviri as Victor Frankenstein. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Additional music this week was provided by John Stoic Dream Venturer and by Kaz Creative Arts. Listen to new episodes of DN Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. The stony walls kind of open up a little bit and you see hidden back in the recesses beneath this church, a secret laboratory facade. Oh. Facade? Facade? Okay, that, not a facade. You see a secret laboratory. Uh, okay, oh, I was going to okay. say, I'm like, <laughs> Were you like it's what like this interesting big... way to word that? Yes, this, this big fake painting of a laboratory and we just push it over. <laughs> and then behind it is a real secret laboratory. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different, it's just a little bit different. Yeah, it's not as impressive. <laughs>